I don't know that I could say that running saved my life, but it's certainly been there throughout my life at really important moments. As a kid, I could run for peace and for safety from a violent home. It meant that I could run uh, quite long distances and I could actually increase my distance um, every time there was a problem in the house. A few years ago, I had melanoma surgery and that was quite shocking to me, but running gave me the discipline to continue my recovery and something to focus on. Last year, I had a seizure, which was a shock um, to everybody, uh, especially myself, and that affected uh, my movement and speech to quite a, a significant degree. And running was actually the thing that I was able to focus on in order to help to help me to move again. Uh, and I was able to complete a 50-kilometre trail run uh, late last year. So. Running might not have directly saved my life necessarily, but it has certainly given me the scope to continue to live my life at various times, and I always go back to it. Welcome to the Explore Running Podcast with Callum and Jenny. Welcome to episode two of the Explore Running Podcast. Um, I'm Callum Crichton and I'm joined by Jenny Reese Jenkins. How's it going, Jenny? Hiya, good. So, um, we've just um, started the podcast again because Jenny's <laughs> isn't working. <laughs> Luckily, we've only recorded yeah. about two minutes. But, um, Right, so we're off and running again. So, apart Woo-hoo. from computer technical failure, um, <laughs> what's been happening the last two weeks since we last spoke? Uh, so, I've been trying to figure out what on earth I'm going to do on Saturday and the crazy 24-hour mystery race that I entered, because we now have a little bit more info. So, I know that I'm starting in Creef at midday on Saturday, and I've got to run from a distillery there 12 hours in any direction I want. And then at midnight, the person that has run the furthest away wins. But then you have to get all the way back to the start again by 12 o'clock on the Sunday. Right, so you only, you only win if you can get back in time, I presume. Yes, yeah, well, like, correct. Is, is it a DNF if you don't? Yeah. Right, okay. I see. That's a bit harsh. It's harsh. Uh, it's, it's, it's a cool concept. I like the idea of it. I don't, so there's I don't... been quite a bit of strategy going on mm-hmm. on my part. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, okay. I don't know yeah. what to say about that. That's not what I was expecting. You thought it was going to be a week's course, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I did. And I was, to be weeks. honest, I was, you know that way when you think you know what you're doing and then you find out that you've got it really wrong? I was so demoralised. <laughs> I was out. I was out. I was like, nah, that's going to be shit. Not doing it. So, but so actually, it'll be okay. So are you looking at what's the flattest direction you can run in? or You would you think that would be sensible, wouldn't you? you go uphill for 12 hours gradually, so you well, have a chance of getting back. Y- yeah, you see, I was thinking that was the way to go. Because mm-hmm. then, surely on the way back, it would be better because you'd be mm-hmm. just going slightly downhill. Um, I don't know. I've spoken to a few people. I know a few people doing it. 
there's like possibly six people in the race. <laughs> I don't know, maybe more. It's a pretty low field. If that's 50-50, male and female, you're on the podium if you finish. Uh, yeah, I lose that, I lose that. Uh, no, I, I actually, we have, I have no idea how many people are going to be there, but I do know a couple of people going, um, and they've got varying tactics. So a couple of people are doing the sensible thing and going for it on road and running on the straightest, longest roads that go away in one direction. And then I've got another couple of people I know who are basically seen as a training run, so they're only going to do about 30, 40 miles in total over the 24 hours. So they've actually booked somewhere to stay. So they're running (laughs) to their B&B, having a few beers, and then having going to bed and then getting up the next day and running back. Um, And then my concept is I've got two, well, I've actually got three plans, and I don't know which one I'm going to do yet. One is I run to my friend Heather's house. Um, she lives in Tyndrum on the West Highland Way, so head to work from Creef to Calendar and then head from Calendar to Tyndrum along the West Highland Way. And she's going to Oban for a gig, but by the time she gets back, um, I will hopefully have arrived and then have a cup of tea and then turn right and run back. So that's one way. And I measured it with a ruler. I, I don't know. I think, it's about four, I think it's about 42 miles. So on my on my ruler measuring, it's um, I've got a map and it would be nine centimeters. And I looked at all the the possible options that I could be bothered with, and that one was the longest. The other option I thought was I could run north. So that would be if I went uh, west. And then my other option is run north and go to Pitlochry and leave my camper van there and then run to my van and have something to eat and drink and then run back. So go cross country to get there, which is pretty, and trail and would take forever because it's really undulating and quite tricky. But then when I get there, run back along this really lovely road that I've heard is really pretty and it's quite a nice drive. So that's, that's plan B. And plan C is run along a main road, southwest. Which is really straight and boring. I'm not going to do that. that. It's not my kind of running. (laughs) I might go the shortest one. Yeah, the rules of the race. So if you run, is it like the person that runs the furthest in 12 hours, or is it the person that gets the furthest away? You've got got to be, uh, I, as, as the crow flies, by your own feet. So, so long the, as I... So what I was thinking was, if you run, you know, some sort of zigzaggy <laughs> route away and you've covered something like... A hundred um, miles. Well, in, in 12 hours you've covered 50 miles. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but then your direct route back is like 20 miles. Does that count as 70 miles? Of yeah! Oh, no. So it's how far you are as the crow flies. Aye, so you, you, they were doing about 20 miles, you've got away. Aye, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do they track it? Have they got some sort of... GPS tracker, and I have a tracker. So yeah. I can send you my tracker. <laughs> and you can follow me. This is a Saturday, yeah? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not following you until midnight because <laughs> I've got my half marathon race on Sunday and I'm not... Oh, so you do, so you do. I'm, do. Getting, yeah. I'm getting to bed by 7pm and, uh, 
I'll, I'll text you. I'll text you so you know where I am yeah. Yeah. at midnight. I'll, I'll and okay. then in I'll the morning you can see. I'll look up in the morning and see how far you'd gotten by midnight. I should be able to work that out. Um, yeah, you yeah. will. I'll let you know. I'll send. I'll send you a wee message right. um, of where I am, and then by the time you finish your half marathon, I should hopefully be almost back. Because I yeah, was hoping I to get back to my van. I haven't checked the time I start yet. Um, I, Are you doing Giri? Yeah, the half marathon. I think it's sort of late ah. morning. So I have a feeling that uh, Giri starts maybe about eleven or something. So yeah, if, yeah. if I break the world record, I will be back by yeah. Well, I expect that. I <laughs> yeah, otherwise it'll be uh, hopefully my chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's terms of anyway, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 pretty crazy. And speaking about crazy yeah. races, um, what's been happening the last couple of weeks? I was not involved in this in any way, shape, or form. But we had the local D thirty three race, which, as it was, I think a ten year anniversary. They had yes, it was. A couple of it additional was races, which were the D99, which was named Epic. for a laugh, I think, which is actually a 100 miler, and <laughs> yeah. the D133, which was doing the 100 miler, and then if you're back in time joining in, the crazy I, think, stuff. I, think, I think I heard that nobody who'd entered nobody did it. got back. No, in they time. entered. Yeah, that's they entered, correct. They didn't get back yes. in time. Complete, so well, they, they did. They got back in time. Just, yeah, and you know um, what? I'm not surprised. <laughs> I would not. I like well, that. It was something else. Like it was bloody horrible, from what I yeah. Oh, the weather because, was I mean, awful. Up in Braemar, eh, not Braemar. Where did they go to? Um, the Ballater, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, under snow, and, and my mate was up uh, Scotty Hill supporting his. Oh. I was following everyone and I was looking at all their pictures on the tracker and uh, not the tracker but in the on the website and the Facebook yeah. page and oh my god I felt for them so bad like yeah, and I've, I've been I've run in grim conditions but not for that length. Jeez. Yeah. So I mean I think the you know I think as hundred milers go I think the times weren't particularly fast and I think that probably is because of how grim it was. Um, yeah. Isn't, I mean, there was there weren't many doing it quicker than twenty. It's actually quite a tough route. Yeah, yeah I thought I was quite so. impressed actually. Up, up and down Scotty Hill, twice, um, and I think it was up the steepest bit as well, from what I heard. Straight up. Yeah. And then I think that loop round about um, Ballater is quite a hilly loop as well. Mm-hmm. And oh, just yeah, mental now. Through, through the night and. Yeah, yeah, not really particularly my cup of tea. Although I was saying to my mate Dave, who we are going to get on the podcast, actually, I was speaking to him today, and hopefully I'm going to speak to him next week about his first 100 miler. Um, Brilliant. I was, I was telling him, oh, I'll come and join you next year. But it's not happening next year. It's only back to the 33 miler next year, so um, yeah. Yeah. There's something about this ultra world that's sort of dragging me in. I've never. I have to be fair, I've done the D33 once, seven years ago, but I, I wasn't up really? on it. I did, I did no training. It took me seven, over seven hours to complete it. Jeez, so, uh, that's yeah. epic. So that's I a think, hard shift. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. But um, mm-hmm. I got to the end, you know, and I didn't even finish last. I couldn't believe there was anybody behind me. There was two folk finished behind me, so... Um, oh, my God. I don't know how crap their training must have been, because mine was non-existent, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
that's uh, uh, that's my first foray into the world of ultra running, and my second foray into the world of ultra running is going to be in September, which is uh, we yes, just, we just booked it. So, um, 14th of September, me and Jenny and a group of others. So, first there's going to be me and um, Johnny Cordner and Chris Deere. They're the founders of. Kaylee's We Stars and Hamish Deer's Warm Hugs, a couple of local charities here. Uh, those two are the, the, the daddies of Kaylee Cordner and Hamish Deer, respectively, who sadly passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, they've got these two wonderful charities that support families who are going through similar things to what they went through. And we came up with the idea, well, I came up with the idea last year, actually, but we never got it off the ground in time. But um, I've been speaking to, to those two guys, and what we're going to do is... Uh, on the 14th of September, we're going to start at 6am from the Ritchie Hall in Stricken. We're going to run four miles up Mormont Hill, sort of up two peaks <laughs> of the local hill, turn around and run the four miles back to Ritchie Hall, and then we're going to keep doing that as many times as we can in 12 hours. And uh, we've roped in Crazy. a few already, so Jenny's agreed to do it, and uh, I mentioned Dave there who did this 100 miler, he's another one who's doing that, and a few other names local names, we'll put it out on Facebook mm. and stuff to try and get a, get a few more people involved and we're going to um, all of the proceeds will go to those two charities so that's my big thing this year I had no idea that's how that's going to go because I've never, apart from that sort of uh, one time go at the D33, I've never gone any more than a marathon and I've only done two marathons in the last Four or five years since I started running, so um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm on the verge of signing up for another one uh, this summer. Ooh. Uh, to, uh, to to give me something to up my training before uh, September. So rather than going from ten k's to twelve, whatever distance I'll do in twelve hours, don't know. But I, I think I've found one that fits ideally time-wise and stuff. So okay. Um, it's called the Dartford. Midnight Marathon. No way. Dark, Dartford, hmm. which is which I've discovered is the, beside London, about an hour away from Heathrow. Okay, and that's it, not bad. It starts at 7 p.m. So I'm hoping it's not a midnight marathon because I don't want to take five hours to do it. But um, it's basically yeah. a, a lap course. So you do eight laps on this really flat oh, cool. terrain. So it's it's good practice mentally for doing laps because that's what you have to do in this ultra thing anyway. But it's also mm-hmm. a good course to hopefully go and get a good time. So yeah, it's twelve Excellent. weeks. Twelve weeks away from this weekend, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Build up on the so it's kind of in the middle. Just jump in the marathon training uh, as soon as I've recovered from this half at the weekend, and so here we go. I've got a, I've got a, mm-hmm. I've got a sub three that lingering over me that I've never done, and I definitely, oh I definitely want to do that, and I think I can. I think I can go a good bit quicker than three, so we'll see, we'll see, and then it'll be ultra training after that, so... Yeah! <laughs> and then uh, you'll never go back. Yeah, and then, then, then I may be sucked in for forevermore, yeah. so, so we'll see how that goes, but yeah, if anyone uh, like, likes the sound of running up and down a hill for 12 hours, which sounds crazy to most, me included, but I'm going to do it anyway, anyone else likes the sound of that, give us a shout, get in touch, and we'll... Um, We'd be happy for you to join us. 
and they'll be just giving links and all that sort of stuff as well as the months go on for donating. And any volunteering as well would be appreciated because we're going to need some help mm-hmm. to, with the logistics oh, yeah, of it. More details of that <clears throat> to come. Uh, look at it on our Facebook page and that sort of stuff. So, what's been happening in the last two weeks? Well, I we just spoke about the D99. For me, it's been training. Um, I've got um, Geary Half Marathon, as we mentioned, on Sunday. I had a bit of a crap performance at my last half marathon, and I'm wanting to go and put that right. This is not a. So, this is it. Well, it's not a PB course, you see, it's a bit of a hilly one, but yeah, my, P- my PB is a bit soft, so I should, I'm, I'm pretty confident I can get a PB. Um, the weather's looking much. good. Yeah, the weather was pretty crap last weekend, but it's improved a lot. And yeah, it's been all right, yeah, so yeah. The weather's never good at Geary, so I don't believe it until I, I see it, to be honest. It's normal <laughs> hailstoning and stuff, but yeah. So what are you doing this week, then? <clears throat> Have you got a lot of big? Are you tapering or are you? Yeah, yeah. Running still. Yeah, still, still running. Um, I, I'll run. Uh, I'll either take tomorrow or Saturday as a rest day, but otherwise okay. I'll still be still be running. But I did a mini yeah. sort of session on Monday, which was two miles at half marathon pace effort sort of thing, and uh, followed up by five times two minutes, a bit faster, and that's the last. Okay. Thing faster thing I'll be doing and then just easy running so Tuesday I take out um, a group they were doing hill reps and I just joined I in that. the warm up and the cool down and I, I sort of mm-hmm. jogged up and down with one of the, the girls who was taking it easy because she was still a bit stiff from her Inverness half the weekend oh, before yeah. so I just kind of up and down with her and yesterday I did what did I do yesterday I did a six mile easy run just very, very slow to start with and not really meaning to, but I picked up the pace every mile, so it was still not fast. I mean, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty easy stuff. And then I've got the Jog Scotland group tonight with, that I take out, so I'll just do a run with them three or four miles or something. Good. And then tomorrow, about the same, probably four miles, and then take it easy Saturday, get my feet up, and Good. hopefully, hopefully. Touching wood and all that. Yeah. Well, on Sunday, and I'll um, I'll be on a high for starting marathon training. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't entered hey. the marathon yet, but I think I'm going to. Um, I was yeah, to I think you should. Strathairn in Perth is a week earlier. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a bit soon. I fancied it. It's eleven weeks, and it's it's a bit of a an undulating course, which, to be honest... Yeah, it's quite a tough one. Yeah, I think it might suit me, but it's probably not the one Mm -hmm. to go and try for a time. Um, Yeah. um, I'd looked at a couple on the continent, actually. There's one in Norway, Tromso, Tromso, (laughs) which is really, really Oh, yeah. It's the furthest north marathon. They've got an ultra. Yeah, Yeah. they've got an ultra this year. That's right, 53 or 52k or something. And And they've got a really cool sky race as well. Oh, right, okay, yeah, the, cool. Um, who organises it? Is it Killian? I think it's Killian. Oh, maybe. Um, organises it. His race, he's race director of it. They are based in Norway, aren't they now, Killian and... Ah, uh, well, that'll be why then. I think yeah. they are, yeah. I think. Okay. She does a lot of cross-country skiing and stuff. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, They've so had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, yeah, so you can go to the continent. <laughs> yeah, and the other one, there's one in Germany as well, um, 
That's a bit cold, sir. I can't remember where in Germany. Um, I've forgotten the place in Germany, but it looked like a pretty flat sort of option. It was near Frankfurt. I can't remember what the town was called, but um, yeah, it's just a bit fly into the continent just to run a race and stuff. Probably not going to go down well with my wife and all that. Yeah. Uh, one, one month before she has a baby as well, so. <laughs> so yeah, it's probably Nightmare. not going to happen. Yeah, <coughs> yeah so yeah, London. London, I think, is probably a better idea. Perth is the more yeah. sociable option. I'm not. I'm just not convinced I want to go and do one that's up and down. Well, that's it. And if you want this big shot, you know... Then, yeah, yeah, I want to go and have a proper go at it. So, so yeah, that's that's what's been going on and what's coming for me. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm just going to have a quick reminder that the idea behind the podcast, we focus on yeah. running stories, inspirational, motivational, funny, sad stories that have got at least a tenuous link to running. <laughs> um uh, a couple of stories picked up on this week. Uh, one that I think is quite funny, but at the same time there is a message there. And this came up on a couple of Facebook groups that I and Jenny will be part of. There's a local guy, I think his name is Ewan Rennie, who puts photos mm-hmm. of stuff quite a lot of park runner. I don't know the guy at all, but I've seen him. He's quite active. And this article has popped up. Um, it's to do with people becoming addicted to running. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're both kind of chuckling because it all sounds very familiar. Um, you know, we just start running because we're maybe feeling a bit unfit and maybe have put on a bit of weight and trying to not turn into a fat middle-aged bloke or whatever who sits on his backside in the office. You know, a lot of us get to running because of that. And uh, but this guy, it's like an example of a guy in this article who uh, gets compliments about how he's looking, he starts to have good performances and he gets hooked on the adrenaline and all the rest of it and, and he starts becoming really obsessed with his running and he starts running every day and he feels guilty if he doesn't run and he, mm. ties, his, he ties his whole identity into his running and if he has a bad race performance he will feel like a failure as a human being and you know it's all very dramatic but Relatable, I suppose. Yeah, very. Th- th- this this is an article that's been written by psychologists, I think, and the message basically is to instead of saying if you've had a bad performance, saying I'm disappointed in my performance, but I'm not worthless. I think that's kind of the, the words. It's all pretty common sense, yeah. to be honest. But I think I think I, I don't. I personally don't really like these articles because, you know, they, they're all a bit sort of sensationalist and point at us runners who like running every day as all being obsessed and, you know, mm. there's, de- there's definitely a part of most of us that is a little bit obsessed by it, but, you know, the, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say, the proof of whether we are or not as if something gets in the way, we get injured or ill. And the vast majority of us are down in the dumps a little bit about not being able to run, but we just get on with it and then get back to running when we can. And um, I 
don't, personally anyway, I don't put running before things like my family and all that sort of thing, you know, that comes first, but there's always, I think there's always space in a week to run almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no need, there's no reason why you can't pull a half hour out of somewhere to do a, a short run if that's all you've got time for. But yeah, you know, and there's this uh, phrase um, going on a little bit of a tangent here, but uh, Miles Edwards, local runner, he always quotes his dad saying that most people don't know there are two five o'clocks in the day. <laughs> and, uh, I you, know you them do. both. Yeah, you do. You're off at 5 a.m. I often go at 5 a.m. And, and go running yeah. sort of pre-6 a.m. But, you know, and that's like how my family's asleep. And that maybe sounds obsessive, actually, thinking about it to someone who doesn't run. Yeah. I don't think it is. I think it's just being practical. Oh, I know. Well, I knew we were going to be talking about this. Why do we think about it? And I, there's only really one bit of the article I, that I that I thought was very good, um, and that was when it's just the reminder at the end. You know, if you feel you're at risk of developing an unhealthy relationship with running, just remind yourself that it is a choice, and that mm-hmm. you know, if if you don't run and if you don't miss a training session or you don't get that goal, you know, it's not the end of the world actually, because yeah. you are more than a runner. Really, most of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a pro athlete here. I'm not a professional runner. Um, there's lots of things that I am before I am a runner, but I I definitely have that thing where sometimes if I haven't run and I wanted to run that day but I can't be bothered, I will really beat myself up about it for quite a long time. Then eventually I'll go for a run. I feel a lot better. But when I reflect back, I think I was just horrible to so many people in that space of time where I didn't go. Or if I'm ill or injured, oh my goodness, like it feels like my life is a bit, sounds a bit dramatic, but I can be really dramatic about it. I do feel terrible if I haven't been able to run. And I think it is, I think there are a lot of us that are really have addictive personalities and can use running to not be addicted to other things, which is usually a good thing because there's obviously, I've spoken to so many people that have come from having drug and alcohol problems and have turned to running and I know you've spoken to lots of people that are the same so I guess it's a good thing to be addicted to if you're going to get addicted to something but it is that bit at the end isn't it just don't make it an unhealthy relationship like don't beat yourself up about not doing things and not you know missing other opportunities and I think reading the article made me think actually you know that day when I can't be bothered going out for a run Maybe that's okay, and maybe I could just chill <laughs> and maybe enjoy it, and that that might be all right and not a terrible thing after all. Yeah, I think it depends. So, it depends on what you're what you're looking to achieve as well. So I mean, if yeah, exactly. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if 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 it is really really important to you or to the runner to hit their goal, then Missing one run is going to make zero difference. So yeah, if you do that, if you do that absolutely. Once a week or twice a week or three times a week, yeah, then that's fine. You know, if you, if it's going to be you, harder. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not going to hit your goal. So, you know, you, yeah, these guys, that's a fair point. Thinking yeah. about sort of some of the local guys that I know running who have had absolutely barnstormer performances in the last year. Um, two in particular spring of mind is, are, are um, Tom Bryan and Chris Richardson, both from Metro, who both ran 
230 marathons in the last Aye, um, that, in yeah. the last six months or so. Yeah. And their training is was just relentless, you know, and, and they yeah. consistent. I, I, yeah, I would imagine <laughs> that that they very rarely or never missed a run. In fact, I know um, Chris in particular, you'd see on Facebook he was at like the, the Metro club night out sleeping on his pal's lap but then you see him start the next morning he's run an 18 miler you know yeah. he's gone out and he's gone and done it and that's something I could never do I, I, yeah I drink, that's one of the reasons I, I don't drink is because I yeah. have hangovers but um, you know and that's so if you, if you want to run a 230 marathon like and, and it's and it's possible you know you've got to be capable mm-hmm. of it you know, you can't be missing training sessions. Yeah. No, you're totally right. But you are right. Absolutely. You've, got to, you've also got to be realistic with what you can fit in, yeah. in, in and around your life. So I know those guys, for example, don't have kids, which will probably make a big yeah. difference to what you can and can't do. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so I think that's... And I think you made a really good point about replacing addiction. So if you have an addictive personality and running as a way to get away from mm-hmm. being addicted to someone else, then that's far even if yeah. even if you have a slightly unhealthy relationship with it at times, it's better than having an unhealthy relationship yeah. with alcohol or something else. Heroin or something. Yeah, Quite. Yeah, you're totally right. That's interesting you said that about um Miles's dad giving him that advice because yeah. uh, you so many people say to me Oh, I'd, I just, I'd, I couldn't do what you do, I can get up at five, and it's like, you know, I, I don't, it's not something that I enjoy, particularly setting my alarm clock for quarter past four in the morning, <laughs> but it's like you say, it's like sometimes you have to, you do, you have to decide what's my goal, and then how am I going to make that a reality, and it is, that's the way for me to do it, because it means I can pick the kids up from school, and I can do other things, so... So yeah, just, I think there are multiple difficult. things, multiple things at play there as well. So, how you maybe don't enjoy setting your alarm clock at four fifteen, but how no. much do you get out of the fact that you've done a run at five a.m.? Oh, I have morning, a great day. It, your day yeah. is fantastic, and you're putting your kids yeah. before yeah. anything else. because you, know, you can pick them up yeah. after school. Either, I perform so much yeah. better in every aspect of my life yeah. after doing that. Like I just I buzz all day. Yeah. So like, either really. either on that day, like the Thursday or whatever it is, you do your five a.m. run. You're not running, or you're mm-hmm. going to have to run later in the day, which later. appears with your yeah. family time. Yeah, exactly. And and you also mentioned yeah, you used to. Say, yeah, I totally get used to it. People say, oh, I couldn't do what you do and run at five a.m. But I couldn't run at 9 p.m. Or yeah, even. oh, yeah. I, struggle yeah, that's that true, actually. I am yeah. totally a morning person, and yeah, I'm far too. happier out there running when the sun's coming up than when the sun's coming up. Ah, that's a good point. Know. Yeah, no, I've, that is a good point. I've done it sometimes, but it's really not. Yeah. I, I struggle to get myself off of the sofa, you know, <laughs> beyond. And the, it was light this morning. I know, I was yeah. light this morning, but yeah, it was actually this morning here when I dropped my dog oh, off the school it? bus it was, it was raining mm-hmm. but um, it's lightened up a lot and uh, yeah, the, evenings are, the evenings are drawing out as they say as well 
The chalking groups are much more enjoyable under the streetlights. Oh my god. So yeah, that was that was that one. And yeah, I actually good. Had, a, had another one which I just found today, which is a a much happier article. And oh, it's about this okay. this dude called Mike Jolly, who was running the London Marathon and he had a stroke association after suffering a stroke in twenty thirteen and I read through the whole article, and I mean, he was in a bad way after his stroke. Only at the age of 43, yeah. he'd been playing, was it rugby, I think. Yeah. And he had, had it yeah, felt it was, great. Yeah. And then on the way home, he started to feel even worse, and he was having a stroke, and he was unconscious, and um, as part of his recovery, he was started walking, and then one day he picked up pace and went for a jog. And never looked back, and that was Amazing. maybe three years ago or something, I think. And mm-hmm. he's now he's done half marathons and that sort of thing, and he's now running a marathon. So it's fantastic. But he's, it's it's sad as well because he's um, he, he's got one mate who had a stroke and died, and another mate who had a stroke. I'm just trying to find the details here so I don't get it wrong. Yeah, you just lost, lost, lost mobility. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's just sad. Um, so he's sort of saying, you know, he understands how lucky he is to have pulled through mm-hmm. and be able to run. And so he's running in the name of his two friends and also in the name of anyone who isn't able to run. And uh, he's got Virgin Money Giving, uk.virginmoneygiving.com slash Mike Jolly. And um, you'll see his story on there, and he's—I think he's running with his daughter as well, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah, really so cool. It's pretty cool, you know. So this guy's now oh, six years. He'll be yeah, forty-nine. So he's just about fifty, and he's running his first marathon. And that's—I mean—that from going to, from having a stroke at that age to, to be running a marathon six years later is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. Hats off to. Like Jolly, well done. Yeah, I was really impressed by him, but mm-hmm. you know, like I love, I I think that's what I love about London Marathon, like seeing how many people are running for charity. Is I know there's the whole thing about. I read a very very funny um, story on Facebook from there's a woman called Totes Inappropriates or something. I can't remember what she's <laughs> called, but she's a runner. And she's quite vocal, and she's brilliant, actually. She's quite inspirational, but they're doing their own run because they can't get into London Marathon. There's oh, a right, huge yeah. thing about how hard it is to get into London Marathon mm-hmm. and how much money you have to raise and da-da-da-da-da. But see, when you're actually... And I was like that before I ran London. I was like, oh, it's a load of nonsense. Because it was, took... I think I, I entered seven years on the ballot before I gave up and then had to go for good for age. And that's, you know, I, I felt like I kind of earned it after seven years of paying my dues. Yeah, but, um, and then I did do it for charity and raised loads of money, and that was brilliant as well. And it's just, it was so unbelievably humbling to run with so many people who were all raising money for different yeah. charities. It's great. And this guy's almost gotten uh, £2,000 already. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's doing really well, you know. It's just, it's just, I just think it's really great that people are turning their lives around and then giving back. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I'm, whatever you've I, got to say about London Marathon, that's a good thing, really. Yeah, I think I think people get a bit too, I don't know, too elitist about the whole thing. I mean, it's it's a marathon major, and if you're yeah. 
if you're an, if you're a club runner, elitist runner, I mean there are plenty of opportunities exactly. to run to run fast enough to get in. Yeah, um, and there's lots of other marathons. <laughs> exactly, I mean, it doesn't have to be London, and uh, yeah. there are hundreds of marathons, hundreds, thousands, actually, yeah. around the world. And, and know. you know, and I think it's quite easy to get to Paris, which is around the same time. Lots of people go. Paris, to Paris. is great. And it's supposed to be cool, I love yeah. Paris marathon. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's like yeah. the best fun I've ever had running. Yeah, it's brilliant. You, you do have to run on some cobbles, though, don't you? That's surely not good. Yeah, I mean. You know, yeah, Paris is different. We'll talk about Paris one day. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different day. Yeah, it no, is I, uh, great fun though. Yeah, uh, I've, I've kind of looked at the website a couple of times, but um, I've never so no, no, I've not things. Really done many marathons. So yeah, that's they're the ruthless. Yeah, the, I, the uh, French are brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've not even been at London when the marathon's been on, but I would, I would love to go down and do it. My, my goal oh, is great. to. Is to go down and do it under the championship start. That's what I want to do. Oh so yeah, super! I have to run a sub two forty five somewhere to qualify, <laughs> and then go into the end. You can do it. You can I th- do I th- it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can do it as long as I get the right yeah. marathon prep and, and get right on the day. I'm, yeah. I'm, I think I can do. It. I'm not sure if I'll do it this time, but I'll come down and support. Yeah, that'd be cool. So <laughs> I'll shake a uh, cowbell. That's uh, that's what I want to do. Rather than ent- I could have entered at Good for Age a couple of years ago, but I, I ended up not doing it because I want I want yeah. to win the championship start the first time I do it. So yeah, good yeah, for you. No, that's a good goal. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I think this this story about Mike Jolly segues nicely into the other theme of how running saved your life, um, which we have running through the podcast, and you'll have heard at the start of the show um, a clip from a listener. Of how running saved their life or, you know, enhanced their life doesn't necessarily have to have saved your life. But, um, so we ask listeners if they can to send us an audio clip, um, just telling us how running saved your life. It could be anything from uh, depression, addiction, you know, um, obesity, violence, abuse, that sort of thing. Any, anything really that, that, um, you use running, have used running to get away from, um, and I wanted to just have a little chat about this with you, Jenny, because I listened to another podcast a week or so ago <laughs> called, we've mentioned this last week actually, regarding Gail Pate's interview, but um, oh, the yeah. podcast is called Of Mountains and Mines, and is it Carol or Caroline Mackay? Caroline. Caroline yeah, Mackay is, is the host. And yeah. I think two episodes ago, it featured an interview with somebody called Jenny Reese Jenkins. Who is, uh, yeah, so, and I was, yeah, I'm not going to go into the details because people should just go and listen to the interview rather than uh, yeah. here. I mean, um, the reason I wanted to bring it up was, you know, I've really only known you for six months or so. Mm-hmm. You know, you come across as a very confident person and you would never have imagined <laughs> by new, by what you're like right now that you know you suffered with mental health problems and that sort of thing in the past and probably still have to deal with it so I think it's I think running is probably sounds like running is a big part of that for you anyway and absolutely you know, yeah to go and have a re, a re- listen to that podcast because yeah yeah it's been educational that podcast for me is really educational as a guy who <laughs> You know, I think I said last week, you know, I've, I've 
occasionally had those sort of down moments, but they're never, you know, they're never, I don't think it would even count as depression or anything close to that. But, um, you know, another thing I suppose I was thinking about whilst listening to your interview was how different school can be. And I, I look back at school and mm. it was great. You know, I really enjoyed my time at school. I was, you know, happy at school and played in the football team and was in the crowd of folk <laughs> who were quite popular and all that sort of stuff and enjoyed my teenage years. But it, it really opens up your eyes to seeing how difficult that can be for others. And you know, um, Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's just so different. I think that's important to... Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all bad. Yeah. I did enjoy school. There were a lot of things I did enjoy yeah. um, in school, certainly over the years. So uh, it's funny, really. I guess when you talk about a certain topic, you you sort of focus in on those yeah. moments, those snapshots. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I was a bit like you. I quite enjoyed sport when I was at school. I did, yeah. and I think that probably helped. And that theme through life. You know, I'm really lucky now. I feel because I understand. So I can, like, you know, you recognise things and you just, yeah, go for a run. And then yeah. it's much easier. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, yeah it was, it, it was really good to talk it. about it. Um, I really like, I'm just trying to think, I'm not getting mixed up with some other interview, but you, did you speak about in that interview um, with your, are you a guide leader? Is that you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You've got, yes. You, yes. Yes. I'm not getting this mixed up, and I'm guessing who's stupid if I am. But you are talking <laughs> about helping the girls in your guide group to. Yeah. All sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 That was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. You know, it must be difficult. I have no idea what it's like being a girl. Obviously, boys go through changes <laughs> and stuff in teenagers, but I don't think it's as. Difficult. I think it can be equally hard. Yeah. I think it can be equally hard, but in a different yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was, that was good. You got the older girls, almost mentally yeah. the younger ones, and that sort of thing. And I think that's ace. Really. Yes, it is important. Yeah. It's funny you, you mentioned boys actually because. I've been teaching sort of puberty actually at school to my second year boys and um, we were discussing obviously I'd been discussing a lot with the girls more girls in the class and the boys chipped in you know they were like hang on miss you know it's not all that great for us either you know (laughs) (laughs) and they were sharing actually to the girls you know what they've been going through and that was quite nice it's nice that we have open forums to talk about our feelings Sounds so mm-hmm. different to my day. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and mine. I mean, that yeah. never would have happened. <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have spoken to any of my mates. You know, the, the, my recollection of those years is basically having absolutely no idea about any of it. Yeah. And and, and secretly thinking that everybody was on the same boat, but nobody would have said. That all, everyone pretended yeah. that they knew everything about everything. And, uh, yeah. and and you did it when you're too scared to admit that you were like, what's that mean? Or what's that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, they're very open now. Yeah. Very open cool. now. That's so cool. it's good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that was a bit anyway. of a digression from running, but, you know. Puberty yeah. to running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, Great. anyway, going on to someone who's, this is a, that's a poor segue, but going on to someone who's <laughs> on the spectrum 
Um, and he's not gonna he's not gonna thank me for saying that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mentioned his age a few times in the interview, but um, the, our second guest on the podcast is a local runner called Richard Horn, who is a V50 and has run some amazing times um, since he started running it only three years ago. And I won't go too much into it in the intro, but um, we got him on for a chat a couple of weeks ago to speak about his recent performance at Seville and uh, Seville Marathon, that is, and others. So, without further ado, we'll just go straight into that interview. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Richard Horn. Richard is a guy I used to work with a few years ago, and since leaving that company, he took up running and has had some pretty impressive performances. So I want to get him on to chat about how he's gone from not a runner to a 2.53 marathon runner in three years, four years? Two, three years, three yeah. Years. Three years, come and, and as a V50, which is even more impressive. So... <laughs> So, morning, Richard. How you doing? Thanks for asking me, Colin. I'm doing good, thanks. Okay, so, like I said to Richard before, the first thing we like to um, ask guests on the podcast is to give us their funniest running-related story. So, take it away. I would just like to say, um, Colin gave me about two minutes notice for this, <laughs> so I'm really struggling. The only kind of thing, only one I can think of, um, it's not that amusing, it was funny to me at the time was a couple of years ago 2017 the Inverness half marathon I remember just coming the last couple of miles running along the um, Ness bank and my girlfriend Lisa always sits in the wall there and then she'll run across through the islands and see me at the finish so this is the first time she'd been I passed her waved her ran along an Inverness crossed the bridge and was coming back towards the stadium where you finish and there was no sign of her I wondered what had happened to her so you come around the corner and you run into the stadium for all the, the runners go in, obviously, and here she is being escorted out of the runner's entrance by the security because she didn't go into the grandstand. She tried to get onto the track <laughs> and not actually onto the, into the stand. That's about the best I can do, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, that's pretty funny. I, I know, I know the, the race well. I've, I've done it a couple of times and I know the, the entrance means it's like, I'm amazed you found it actually because I almost didn't find it when I was running the blooming race because it's like it's just tucked around the back of the stadium and, um, uh, you're like wondering how you're going to go on the track, but uh, that's pretty funny actually. So, um, so she's, did she give you a cheer as, as she went past? Or well, was she, I'd finish she it. handcuffed? No, she, she was just getting led away. <laughs> so I can't get in, I can't get in. So that was that. Uh, she, she never saw me crossing the finish line. That was 2017, was it? Uh, 2017, yeah. Ago, so, yeah. So, um, actually, before we get into your, your impressive performances over the last couple of years uh, running, um, Maybe just tell us a wee bit about yourself and what's your your background in terms of um, were you sporty as a kid and all that sort of stuff? Um, or? You know, when when I was young, say 13, 14, I did a, quite a bit of running then back in, in Elgin um, when I went to secondary school and I wasn't too bad at running. I did a bit cross country, I was all right. I used to watch guys like Don Ritchie training down in Morriston Plainfields um, and was going to and all of these guys uh, and then when I turned around about 15 I discovered 
um, women and beer as we all do. And <laughs> had a bit of a what, 30, 32 year recovery uh, time, okay. a little bit long, and then that, that was it. Really, I just I kind of stopped then, and it right. wasn't until until I was forty seven. Mm-hmm. I dare say that I, I, I started running again. Ah, and in in between times, was there anything like? Football or rugby or um, anything else, walking, golf, any of that sort of stuff. There was golf. Uh, there's, there's always been golf. Golf has always been there. Um, a, a bit of five sides, but nothing, mm-hmm. nothing much at all. Aye. No, no I just wonder because I mean, it's interesting that you were running as a teenager because you hear of people who were good as yeah. teenagers and, they, and then they all of a sudden, from what looks like nowhere, they come back and they're and they they start running and they're and they're really good, but. Um, I mean, that's the sort of guys who are, you know, running for their county and, and maybe even for their country and that sort of thing normally when you hear about that. But the standard you were running at was it sort of schools cross country yeah, sort of thing? Absolutely. That's all it was, just this school cross country. It was early 80s, way early 80s. I remember watching guys like Dave Moorcroft breaking Aye. world world records and, and Ovet and, and, and Cram, the jewels they, yeah. they, they used to have together. Was great, and then like I say, watching Don Ritchie and Elgin, and of course Fraser Klein as well. At that, at that time, he was mm-hmm. he was doing very well. Yeah, uh, it's just ever so slightly before my time, but quite a while um, way before you. <laughs> well, I was, I was alive in the eighties. Um, um, yeah, it was uh, the first first Olympics I watched was the Barcelona in ninety two, Winford Christie and Sally Gunn and all that sort of era. Um, yeah. but I mean, Don Ritchie's obviously a local legend up in yeah. that kind of that kind of way. Um, ah, so it's cool you got to watch him back in the day, and then so in the intervening period, so thirty odd years, um, not massively active. And, and what no, what about your lifestyle? I mean, was it? It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was. I got offshore in eighty eight. And about twelve years offshore, um, and no lifestyle wasn't active, wasn't exercising. It was probably thirty years of abuse to the body. Aye. To be blunt, um, but yeah, I mean, was there what, what, drinking and there smoking. Was, there, was, there was there was all sorts going on uh, there. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I won't want to go any further into that. But yes, <laughs> too much drinking. Yeah, absolutely too much yeah. drinking. Yeah, and since. So you took up running three, four years ago, and what's your lifestyle like now? Is it um, a lot healthier, or is there still some I, of that stuff going on? It was kind of around about March two thousand sixteen. It was a, a decision just to completely change your lifestyle altogether. It wasn't just a case of exercising. It was multiple things: changing the diet, doing the exercising, knocking the drinking in the head, and. Basically, just everything together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Complete change. Um, and went down to, I think it was actually January 2016, I did the first 5K. And then I never I started kind of changing everything a couple of months later. But I did the first 5K, the Great Edinburgh Run, January 2016. And the target was to break 30 minutes. My pal, me and my pal Mark went down there and we both had around about 28 minutes of delayed that. Aye. And then a couple of months later, I thought, right, let's, let's do something about this. Because it's not a healthy lifestyle, and uh, yeah. just needed to change it all. Uh, I know. So, I mean, that's... I, I remember, so I'm not sure exactly when it was during your journey. So, so uh, we used to work together um, in the oil industry, and you left that in, was it 2015? 
It was. You're right. September 2015. I, I was away for a year and came back, and I thought it was the first year I was back, which was 2015 that you, that you left. Not long after I came back. I'm not sure if it was anything to do with me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you weren't there for much longer after yeah, I came back. Right. So, and I remember um, bumping into you at Tesco in West Hill with Gary, who we both worked with. So we chat to you, and, and it seemed like you were enjoying the new lifestyle that you had. But neither of us were aware you were a runner, right? And this is uh, probably never told you this. But we walked away from that conversation. And both of us kind of looked at each other and went, that chap looks like he's lost a bit of weight. <laughs> and, uh, and you were one of those guys I would never have looked at and thought, Richard needs to lose a bit of weight beforehand. You know, it's one of these, everyone gets thinner when they start running. And, and um, but it was like around your face, you know, you, you had clearly lost a bit of weight. And we were like, neither of us knew at the time whether it, you looked like you might have been running or cycling or something we didn't actually know and then I saw you um, so it's probably that year 2016 Benahee Benahee yes. so it was probably yes. earlier that year I saw you um, maybe like a year or so after you'd left maybe and then I saw you at the Benahee Hill race right, and uh, you know at the time I sort of thought um, ah great Richard's into running now you know, I had no idea what you're times were like or any of that sort of thing and, and you know I wasn't really that you know, it wasn't the sort of thing I was thinking about just happy to see folk out running and, and I could say well that's why he's lost a bit of weight he's, he's doing it and, and you were running with a rebel PT that's at right. the time I think so yep. personal training company in Aberdeen and they've got a couple of groups um, and there was a group of you guys up there with the rebel PT vests and I thought that was pretty cool you know they've got guys out running and, and I remember um, standing afterward raced uh, kind of standing at the beside the finish line and, and you said just looked up at the top of the mountain and said we just run up there <laughs> and, and I thought and, and I hadn't even I mean that's the second time I'd done it I've only done it twice uh, at the race I've been up in it heaps of times but and I just hadn't really given it much thought and I remember just looking up and going yeah we did yeah. and that's pretty cool yeah. because it's you know it's not a massive mountain but there's a lot of people struggle to walk up it, so you know the fact that we'd run over the top of it and two of the other peaks as well during an eight-mile race. You know, I've, I've kind of never forgotten that, and I was like, yeah, you got to remember, like where you came from, running to start with, and then you can run up and over a mountain like that in a race and be standing quite happily, maybe five minutes after you finished, able to chat about it, and then just look up and go, yeah, we've just been over that, and it's cool. I remember that. Yeah, I forgot that. But I remember that. Yeah, that's the first time I'd seen you. For a while, and I remember speaking to you at the bottom of that. And the thing about it was at that race, Benny Hill race, I just thought it was like one peak. It wasn't until I'd gone over the first <laughs> peak, and then you see you've got another two to go. Thought, whoa, but yeah, that was that was uh, September 2006, right? 16, September, October, 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 yeah, six. So, um, I, I remember that as well. The same experience, I did it two years earlier for the first time, I had the same experience as you. I remember going out, so at the start of the race, for those who haven't done it, it gets really narrow yeah, really quickly, right. and yeah. I, I had single file. I thought it's an eight mile race; so it's going to be four miles up, four miles down. So I took it really easy at the start, and uh, got boxed in really quickly. And you can't overtake people can't, for ages, and no. walk in. That's right. Really, it's pretty steep. You know, there are bits where you kind of you're going to walk anyway, but it's like maybe ten meters at a time. But I walked a lot of that first sort of mile because I was stuck behind folk, and then I remember that 2016. I made a point of just. Hammering it out of the blocks, pretty yeah, much. You, you need to get to the group, yeah. Um, 
and then I. So it wasn't just up and then down. It was up, down, up, down, up, down. Right. And then you do have a good bit of downhill last maybe two or three miles, but it's oh, it's a cracking race actually. Very good race. Yeah, Ben yeah. he's a great place to run. Um, so yeah, that was that was back in twenty sixteen, and and uh, well, well, I've got your power of ten profile up here, which has got heaps of races on it. Actually, we'll have a wee look at that in a minute. But um, you know, I had I'd like I say, I, mean, I wasn't sure of what your race times were like, what your performances were like at the time. It wasn't really till last year we were both at the phrase of a ten k, and. Um, I think I probably saw you beforehand. I can't really remember, but I just remember I I, I was kind of coming back from a bit of a layoff with a chest infection a few months earlier. So this was kind of my first race back, and I was actually giving it some full beans and uh, try to get myself back under like thirty eight minutes. Um, and I ran a time of thirty seven forty four, which I was pleased with. I kind of got what I was aiming for. And about twenty seconds after I finished, I got a tap on the shoulder. And this was you. Going, ah, I just couldn't quite catch you. <laughs> Give it another. Uh, on, on that, uh, yeah, couldn't quite catch you in that finishing straight. I mean, I, I I've got a video of me finishing, and I was I was going backwards, <laughs> like. But um, yes, you probably would have caught me if we'd had any further to go. And I think your time was just under thirty eight. That, that was the first time I broke thirty eight. Uh, yeah, and I, and I yeah. again Monday morning sitting in the office with Gary, the same guy I was speaking about. Um, I was like, hey, you see Richard's um, 10k time on Strava? And he was like, oh, I did see it actually. And I was like, sub 38, that's that's good going, man. And then the title on your Strava thing was something like last one is a V40. That's, that's right, that was about three, was three like, days before. never realised that uh-huh. you were 49. I thought you were in your 40s, but I didn't realise you were just a kick in the ass away from 50. We don't need to emphasise that. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's important for the, the context, how impressive it was. I mean, a, a sub 38 for anyone's a good time. But uh, a sub thirty eight for for an old money for not an old money, uh, someone getting to be an old money <laughs> uh, is really really good. And I thought, wow, that's you know, and, and I also thought you must have improved a lot because I hadn't, you know, any other races I'd seen yet. You you maybe weren't a, as far up as that. So I mean, that was I came six. So you're obviously seven. Seven you right. first. That's right. First in your category, weren't no, you? No, I was third because I was still oh, third in your category. That yeah, one. Give it another three, four days. Ah, uh, okay, right. No, uh, I, I, I remembered you were actually first. Right? No, right. So I mean, that's aye, amazing. So in the top seven, there were three V forties. That's right. But, yeah. um, so I mean, I was like, whoa. So I, I think I then at that point started following you a bit closer on Strava and that sort of thing and seeing what you were up to. And and then the next time I saw it a race was back at Fraserburgh again for the half marathon back in November and as it turned out it was a similar scenario it was just like one place behind me and no, I remember you're well ahead there I was uh, running with your clubmate Barry Ingram okay. for most of the race um, and I think it was about um, seven miles or so in and I was kind of having a bit of a wobble and <laughs> Barry was like come on Callum that guy's catching us and I looked around and I was like pretty sure that's Richard <laughs> and I was like right I know I now know he's 50 so I can't let him beat him. and that gave me a spot on actually at that point and me and Barry carried I'm on glad I helped you for the next uh, three miles and then I started fading a bit 10 to 13 miles and he got away but I was the whole time I wasn't looking but I was like Richard's going to come past Come me here. He's going to come past me. <laughs> and I saw when I got to the track that you had to have a pretty impressive 400 metres to, to no, catch me. But I mean, you ran, must be 123, was it? It was, it was 122, 29. Oh, you got under, because I was 122. Oh, so you were a bit closer than I thought, actually. I thought you were. 129, I think it was, yeah. So, that's how we look, guy. 122. 
Fresh about 29 now you've got. Aye. So, yeah. aye. So, I mean, that was not even a PB, actually. I thought I must have been a PB for you, but you had a 22-25 Aberdeen earlier that year. Yeah. So, so aye, I mean, that's... Put it into context, so I know I keep saying you're 50, but <laughs> as a 50 year old running, a, you know, getting under uh, sub 83 significantly, I and only off of maybe three years of running, I started running 2013 and I went under 83 for the first time in 2016. So, similar kind of time frame, yeah. you know, at that time I was 30. Four, is that right? Yeah, 34. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a big difference there. And so, I mean, I think that shows that, you know, pound for pound or year for year, or not, you're a miles better runner than me. And and you're getting faster. So, I mean, that, that, that half marathon time is, is quick anyway. But then I want to talk about your marathon time, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you've done a marathon before, right? It wasn't your first goal, was it? I've done... Three in the last year. Aye. Yeah. Three in a year? Yeah. Cheapers. So your debut, I'm looking at this, was Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah. 315. Yeah. I just then you got a Loch Ness 302. Yeah. I mean, both of those times are cracking times, but I was astounded <laughs> when I saw your time at uh, Seville uh, last month. I wasn't, didn't know you were doing it, didn't know you were training for a marathon, but I popped up on Facebook or Strava or something and it was... Oh, it's 252. I thought it was 253. 252.13. And I mean, going back to sort of comparing with my performances and that sort of thing, my marathon PB is 303. And uh, it's from a few years ago, and I've not had a proper go since. But I had trained really, really well off a half marathon PB of uh, the time 123 and converted it to a 303. And on a better day, it might have been mm-hmm. a few minutes quicker. It was windy and all that sort of stuff. All those, get those excuses in. But to convert a 122 to a 252 is ace, you know, really, really good. I was so impressed. And so what I want to ask you is, what are you doing? <laughs> What's your training look like? Uh, I, uh, or over maybe, how's it progressed? So when you first started running, I first started with Rebel five years ago. And I was still at Fairfield at the time. Aye. And it was just once a week. I didn't do any running. I just went to boot camp once a week. And, and it was great. Um, but there was no significant changes in diet or anything mm-hmm. else. Or my lifestyle. Everything stayed the same. I went to boot camp once a week. So nothing really changed. And I realised after a couple of years of doing that, you needed to do a bit more than just one boot camp a week. Mm-hmm. Um and so I kind of went there a couple of times a week, started, up and that's when I started the running really three years ago as well. And that's when the, the diet changed, the lifestyles changed, the, the stopping of the smoking, the vegetables, which I never ever ate my whole life, never just kind of living fruit and vegetables all the time. Um, nuts, seeds, all that kind of stuff. So are you a vegetarian now? Or I'm not, no, I'm not quite. But I could quite easily be Aye, okay. if I wanted to, which I would never do. I was like a hamburger, cheeseburger, fried chicken guy <laughs> all my life. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it was quite drastic, change, changing everything. So, yeah. I think that's really it. It was just a case of changing everything up in the running. Going to boot camp as well, giving you the core body strength, as you know, uh, that makes a difference, yeah, a big definitely. difference too. A lot of us runners neglect that. You yes, still do that? Yes, I do. I uh, still do that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I joined Metro running last year, summer last year, um, focus on all the different 
aspects of running, which has helped a great deal yeah. as well, but also keep going to the, the boot camp for uh, the core body cool. strength as well. I think pulling on a metro vest makes everybody faster. I think it probably does, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I mean, some of the performances have been they, stunning in the last year or so. I mean, my, my main reason for, for joining was like, like George McPherson and Rob Taylor, two two guys in the six years now, and inspirational yeah. stuff that, that they've done. And, and George as well, I mean, sub three hour marathon in the 60 odd. It's just incredible. So it can be done. Oh, it really can be yeah, done. Yeah. I, mean, I, was, I forget the, the name of the guy. I remember hearing him on another podcast. Um, a really, really old guy, like in his nineties, even I think. Jeez. Maybe, maybe not. Did he get as far as ninety? I can't remember. But he was setting the world record in his age bracket all the way through. Like, and it was. I, I can't remember the numbers now, but it was pretty impressive. Like, you know. 4.30 marathon or something in, in his late 80s you know really ridiculous sub 5 anyway I think I'm, I'm kind of making up a wee bit but it was it's crazy what you can do if you keep going and he was running right right until he died and that's yeah. I mean, that to me that's that's what I would want to be doing you know um, that's right, I mean, not, not turning into you know an incapable old guy <laughs> it does because you yeah. know it becomes addictive doesn't it uh, you, you start getting into it it's just you, you can't stop really so in a in a normal week now how often are you running um six days six days yeah and do you do your strength stuff on the other day or do you take no I, 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 I try I'm probably the worst guy you can speak to for stretching and resting I know I should but I'm <laughs> really really bad at it um, I, I'm getting a little bit better with stretching because mm-hmm. uh, I know I have to have, have paid the price of Without a couple of injuries, um, but no, um, I do run in six days. Yeah, boot camp. I am on one of the days, and I, I should rest and day off. But that's, I'm not like I say. I'm not the best. So uh, six or seven days running. Sometimes just seven. I mean, yeah. I don't think I was any. I mean, I don't know if there's any hard and fast rule about having a rest day. I used to always have one rest day. Yeah. Um, nearly the whole time I've been running but just this last two months or so three months maybe because I started up a yeah. a group on a Tuesday which was my rest day I would actually go and do something with them just like okay. you know I'd, I'd only be covering probably most times two or three or maybe four miles which is mostly the warm-up mm-hmm. and the cool down but I'd be running whereas yeah. I would have normally been resting on that day and so I, I went through a, a a run streak of maybe a month with no rest days yeah. and uh, I have had a couple of rest days because I had a cold and all that stuff recently and post race and everything but you know I'm, I've kind of moved away from thinking I need a rest day every every week actually and, and there are some guys never take one and I think probably just before races I try and have a rest day aye yeah and, and that was probably my first rest day in that spell I had the um, Kinloss half marathon and I took the oh, day yeah. off before it um, probably good it did me. <laughs> was, was, that, was that not a, a late night as well? It was. It yeah. was. I was at a dinner the night before, and there wasn't any alcohol involved. But there, there it wasn't. Was, no, no, I don't. I don't drink at all anymore. Oh, so, yeah, um, you know, maybe four years or so without drinking. But um, yeah, it was just I got about four hours sleep. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> and, uh, and I think I had an underlying cold and all that stuff. Uh, all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, which was yeah, made me think about prep a bit more yeah. I thought I could wing it but um, yeah. yeah I think it's important to to do the right things the day before especially if you're doing a half marathon or bigger I mean, yeah. I, if it was a marathon 
I'd have been massive on the prep the day before, but I thought I could wing it on a half, and obviously I can't. So, yeah, so aye, in terms of recovery and that sort of thing, and aye, your strength work, I just wanted to, want to ask you about and, and touch on was with, there's a lot of stuff written out there about masters runners and mm-hmm. keeping up with the strength work mm-hmm. because, you know, as we get older, um, I can't remember what the term is muscle wastage or something. Yeah. Um, becomes more of a factor. So, yeah. like you mentioned a couple of those guys in your club yeah. that are in their 60s. I mean, have you taken tips from those guys in terms of looking after yourself or do you know what they do? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. It's a, to be to be blunt. They, they just go, they go on, they go on forever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, glucosamine, that's a bit, a bit of supplement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, I just wonder how. Totally legal, by the way. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But no, no, um, nothing really. Yeah, no, I just wondered if, if that was something that those guys maybe spoke about and were open about because I know there's an older guy in, in my club who would be, a few, well, a few older guys in my club, but one I'm thinking about in particular, he would be in his early 60s and he's pretty keen on doing more than just running. He looks after lots of things. He would go to the do swimming, he would do gym work and all that sort of stuff and he's very conscientious about it and I think that's sort of something that you know we all um, probably need to do a bit more of I thought, um, yeah maybe like yoga might spring to mind that the, the guys do okay. that yeah, type of thing that's good for remaining supple as yeah. the years drag on yeah. I suppose yeah and uh, have you ever tried yoga yourself? I haven't no, no, me no my sister tried to get me along once mm. Um, and I was in the bar to go on and then 10 minutes beforehand she said uh, you know there'll be like quite a few, a few minutes chanting beforehand alright I thought no 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 I'm, I'm not going to stretching's one thing but, but chanting sitting there chanting like, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> that sounds a bit uh, yeah. different yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so okay so let's talk about your marathon right oh, okay on the race day yeah. right what were you targeting First of all, target. Um, well, you see, the the previous marathon at Loch Ness last September, um, I wanted to beat three fifteen, which I'd done previously yeah. at Edinburgh. My target was to beat three fifteen and be eligible for London twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So I went to Loch Ness, and that's what I wanted to do. And I came over the bridge at Inverness, heading towards a straight, and I knew I was inside my three fifteen. Yeah. But then I looked up the finish, and I saw three oh two ticking away. I thought, well. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that. And then, so after I did that, the next target obviously was going to be looking at the three-hour mm-hmm. uh, target. So it was one of my Metro and Rebel teammates, uh, Scott Adams. He had been having a look about and spotted Seville a few months later, and it was the flattest marathon mm-hmm. in Europe. <laughs> so Seville uh, and Loch Ness isn't flat. That's well, no, that's true. <laughs> so you've got Seville in February. Um, and you've just taken on Loch Ness in September, and the flattest marathon in Europe, a bit warmer. Um, it's got to be like a pretty good chance. Mm-hmm. You've got to give it your best effort. So that was really why we targeted Seville, um, and just booked up our flights and went for that. Aye, so end of September to mid February, that's where you've got October, November, aye, three and a half months or so. Yeah. So better recovery and then sort of three month training block it's for that one basically um, everybody, everybody's obviously got their own training plans etc I, I just do like my running my six days a week running 
and my boot camp. And then when the marathon's looming, maybe five five weeks beforehand, then I'll start putting the mileage up. Okay. So I'll do maybe three three runs around about the twenty mile mark, over just over twenty mile mark. Wow. I'll just build it up. Say so I do do thirteen, fifteen, eighteen, a couple of twenties, and then just come back down again. Wow, that's amazingly simple and obviously effective. I mean, that sounds like so in a in a non and without with that five to six week block. Yeah. What's your weekly mileage? Oh right, I'm, I'm probably about seventy kilometers. Seventy to yeah, about sixty five to seventy five. Uh, okay, and that equates to miles. What's that? Just over fifty fifty miles. Under that. Sixty. Just under forty, uh, maybe. Sixty-five is about forty, isn't it? Yeah, but it's probably yeah. just sixty-five to ah, seventy. So, you're, so, so right, between forty and fifty. So your mileage isn't low. It's uh, that's it's pretty pretty decent mileage, and then you're maybe ramping up to. That's why I'm getting away with it. Yeah, up and near the end. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, so that and then in those weeks when you're ramping up to your twenties. Yeah. Um, what other do you have any interval sessions you just go along to the club and just do, do, in do met, Thursday night sessions at Metro yeah. Tuesday um, Monday or Wednesday at yeah. Rebel yeah, yeah so just, you do like um, yeah we do, do the boot camp do the core what, body yeah. strength at least one, once a week uh, it's really interesting actually yeah. I mean, if, you, if you read these generic marathon plans that you find yeah. you know, online, Runner's yeah. World, or There's you've got loads like the, of them going about there, the Fitzinger and Douglas advanced marathoning book and all that sort of thing. I mean, the target in a sub three marathon, you'd be training so much harder than that. You know, most folk would be in terms of you have your long run, which, you know, from you maybe do five 20 milers mm-hmm. in most of those plans, and, you know, plus a few. You know, between maybe fourteen to sixteen, and then in the peak weeks you'll be doing like a a twelve to fifteen mile job during a week as well, yeah. which is a long run, and uh, in amongst either within those two runs or as separate sessions, you'll do you know marathon paced efforts. You'll do a bit of intervals, mm-hmm. you know. So you you put two two or three hard days if you include your long run as a hard day either two or three hard days and, and then lots of easy running in between and talking like 70 miles a week, 60, yeah. 60 to 80 miles a week for, you know, your sort of three hour club runner. But, um, yeah. And then, you know, as, as you know, a lot of your guys at Metro are doing much, much bigger miles than that, but they're hitting sort of 230 marathons and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's amazing that your structure is sort of loose. I mean, you're following the club, yeah, sessions and that sort of thing. So you are doing the, the harder stuff in there as well, but the the, I don't, the I number mean, of long runs yeah. sounds a lot lower than yeah normal. But I mean, it's yeah. obviously working. I was I was kind of forced into that because last year when I was training for Edinburgh, uh, I broke my metatarsal about three months before, and I was in reasonable good shape. And then it went, and I went to my doctor, and basically he just said you have to rest. For Two weeks do absolutely nothing for mm-hmm. two weeks. Come back. If it go out for a 10k run, um, come back. And if, if you get away with it, then fine. If you don't, I'll give you a cortisone injection. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that. I rested for two weeks. So I did a 10k run, went to see him that day, and it was okay. So then I was, that had actually given me just a five week plan. So I was forced into that. I'd only five weeks. Yeah, cheaper. So I went and then did what, 15, 18, 20, 22, and then just tapered. Yeah, 
and it worked. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, I'll do that again. And yeah. right, and it worked. And sorry, no press, and it worked. And so I thought, well, <coughs> stick with it. You just have to find what works for ah, you. Yeah, that's what it is, actually. I mean, when I did, so I've, I've really only had two marathons. I did the Edinburgh Marathon back in 2015, and I did a you know, proper build up to that in terms of your fairly traditional build up and I, and I ran I was I think I was in sub 3 shape I ran a 303 it was mega windy and all that sort of mm. excuses and then, along that promenade if the wind gets up uh, well it was it was in your face yeah. for 8 miles yeah. and it was yeah, you strong don't, you don't have much chance but, um, but I did Loch Ness in 2017 and I mean I'd kind of had a an injury at the start of 2017 training for Manchester didn't do it and then I had a real inconsistent few months and then I just signed up for Loch Ness to get me something to target, basically. And uh, I I basically had a six-week training block and then a two-week taper. And, I mean, I I went into that feeling like... Feeling like I wished I had trained for a shorter race because I thought I got myself really fit, actually, but I wasn't sure whether I'd be marathon fit. And uh, and I was just going to try and run a sub-three. And I I actually... I got the tactics a bit wrong and I took too much advantage of the downhill in the first half and a bit quick. Yeah. And I ran a three weight in the end, you know, but my legs were trashed by about 18 miles or something. When you're like shuffling. Yeah, just that, it was actually there. that hill, and I was shuffling all the way in. So I was kind of telling myself, well, it's just a six week prep, you know, mm. done all right, but you're blown out of the water with your five week, six week prep, you know, and it's, but it's all to do with the consistency, I think. I think, well. I think so that's exactly. You've been consistently doing it, and then you can just add in that quality a few weeks before it. I think that's really um, good. That's really good. And that's my. I've been lacking that consistency over the last two years with different things, and and I think that's that's key. If you're, well, I've been doing that for, I suppose, yeah. I mean, it's like three years. Ah, you've had two weeks out with an injury. Is there anything else that you've been out, or have you oh, been consistent pretty oh, much? Apart from that, metatarsal, my, my, my knee always gives me a little bit of bother. But mm-hmm. Touch wood, it uh, yeah holds together for a while. Aye, no, I mean that's really good. So on on the race day, so it sounds to me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me as if you are not running, staring at a watch. If you're seeing the finish line time and going, "Whoa, I'm do it too," or I, I, yeah, that one at Loch Ness, uh, I, the watch wasn't the most reliable uh, I had at the time. Okay. I've kind of upgraded a bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I knew it was under the three fifteen. That's all. Uh, I knew. Anything else? So bonus. At Seville, that's when you're on your two fifty two. Seville, I was kind of watching a, a watch a little bit more. So how 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 did you run that then? Because if you've got a sub three in, in mind, the plan was you're going at six fifties per mile or whatever it is per k. I'm not sure. Four fifteen was what I was targeting. Four fifteen per yeah, k, right? That's what I was targeting. Yeah. But you're obviously running miles quicker than that if you're coming in at two fifty two, or did you just ramp it up second half? Or the no, um, I the plan was to see the three hour pacer and just make sure I didn't lose him in the radar. I okay. always had him in my sights. Um, and there was like 14,000 runners that day so it was kind of difficult to, to stick around and I saw him on the start line and we, we started off um, and I, I don't know I just uh, we, we just had to kind of pull away from him uh-huh. I was looking at my watch first, first 5k what was around about 21 minutes around about there so it was within within where I was hoping to, to get and it was, all, all was going well and it just carried on going, mm. going pretty well never really there was there was a couple of points where you hurt. Uh-huh. You're always going to hurt in a marathon. At certain, certain yeah. points, you just got to get that mental strength going and, uh-huh. and get through it. So what do you what do you do to tell what do you tell yourself in those 
moments. Um, in particularly at Seville, yeah, I mean, in particular Seville, because I knew there was a tracking app and I knew there was a lot of folk watching me, so that was really what I was telling myself. There's people watching me oh, here right, as you're okay. doing it, keep it going yeah. because they're all keeping an eye on you. Um, the, the standard ones, you tell yourself you've done all this training for this day, you've got to keep going fighting through it. You've, you've just got a really strong mental attitude. Yeah. I mean, the legs are there. You've done the training, the legs are there, but you've got to overcome, overcome your mind. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I mentioned my, my attempt at a sub three, and I mean, if I'd, if I'd broken it, I'd have run probably a 258 or 259. So I'm, I'm, I can't believe you did 252 when I was It's cracking no. up. And I think it's, you know, you say you are looking at your watch, but you must have not been focusing on it. And I think that's, there's a message there actually. Your, your club may actually, Chris, who ran 230. 230, yeah, the weekend. His GPS didn't work. I know, yeah, that's so right. So he had to run by feet. Yeah. I don't know what his target was. His target may, may have been round about there, but he ran without, basically without a watch. Yeah, Because his watch told him he'd done like 27 and a half miles or something by the end. It was all over the place, and he'd, he'd obviously had to run a whole marathon by field. Yeah. And annihilated his, his uh, PB. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot in that, and I think we maybe look a bit too much at our watch, but we do look a bit too much at our watches. Um and you know it can hold you back as well as it can yeah. um, do anything else because you could be having a great day like you were I mean if you'd been like right, I'm, I'm doing 4.15s and yeah. go faster yeah. um, you'd have probably landed up with a 2.57 or something because you'd had lots to give at the end yeah. but yeah I mean that's that's cool <laughs> I really like that it's <laughs> uh, brilliant I mean maybe some more of us can, can run like that as well you know in, in, in our races and, and um not focus too much. We were talk, talking about the old, the older guys earlier on, like like yeah. George and Rob at the Metro. They they don't. George, I know certainly George doesn't uh, use his watch much. Yeah. Because um, they've been running that long without it. Uh, well, we've got a lad at our club who's not the guy I was speaking about, but he this other guy who's slightly he's maybe sixty five or so, and um, he is a proper old school runner, like, and he he doesn't own. A GPS watch. He has a Casio, and uh, probably the same Casio he's had for thirty years. And uh, <laughs> but he knows. So you run around Fraserburgh with a club, and he knows how far he's gone. You know, yeah. he knows the routes so well. He knows if he goes from this one round there, he knows where the mile points are and everything. And and he can probably check, you know, relatively accurately yeah. what his pace is if he wanted to. But um, he just goes and runs and um, never bothers. In fact, it was quite funny recently. He was. Uh, the club did a pacing thing at Ellen Park Run, and uh, he was pacing 25 minutes, I think it was. So he had the bib on with a 25-minute mm-hmm. pacer thing, and uh, there was a thing, I think it was on the Ellen Park Run Facebook, <clears throat> and um, basically it was somebody popped a comment on saying, ah, that 25-minute pacer went off at 22-minute pace. That's no good for somebody wanting to break 25 minutes. And Charlie had put a comment in below saying, I don't use a GPS, I just run what you need to run. Yeah. And so it's downhill to start with, so you obviously need to go a bit faster. And then somebody had come on below saying, oh, I, I couldn't keep up with the pacer either, but I ran my PB and, you know, I, I did 24 minutes or 23 something. And Charlie was like, there you go, there's the proof. Yeah. You know, I yeah. may have been yeah. may have been a 25 minute pacer, <laughs> but the other thing, oh, he's volunteering and all that sort of stuff, you know, you shouldn't have to rely on somebody. But oh, um, the, yeah, the folk behind them all PB'd. The ones who were trying to catch him, and, yeah. and he'd run. He had run quicker than twenty-five minutes, but he'd uh, he judged it just by feel, and 
knowing he had to go a bit quicker in that first half and, and not doing mile. Because if you go at a 25-minute pace, the chances are the folk who are sticking to you, you've got, I don't know if you've done Ellen before, but it's no, an uphill, uphill finish. You need to save a bit for that. And, uh, and that was his, yeah, his defence of the way he paced yeah. that run. And perfectly, perfectly <laughs> right. The, the guys did get PBs and better to get a PB at 23.50 than 24.50. So, uh, which is what he might have done if he'd gone. That's, that's right. what he'd done. He'd have just stuck to him like glue, whereas they were chasing him. So, I mean, an interesting way to do it. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. Oh, that's good. Hi. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what have you got coming on next? Then? The planned um, Inverness half coming up. Um, oh, that's Sunday, of course. It is. And then Newbury Beach Bash, the Livingston Road Relays, and then the big one is Boston Marathon oh. next month. Wow. Yeah. Boston. So that's two marathons in three months. Right, February yeah, to yeah, April. I suppose it won't be that before. Four in the year. <laughs> Four in the year. You're defying all the all the advice. <laughs> you keep defying it. So uh, Inverness on Sunday. That's a cracking race. We spoke about it already. It I've done that a couple good. of times. Um, Hopefully, Lisa will find her way into the stadium. Yes, I through the front door instead That's of the right. back door. Yeah, and um, so. What are you? Have you got a target in mind? I don't. In Burnett, not just at all. Going race it not at all. I, I, my target is to, to keep injury free for Boston. Yeah, that's a long term, long term focus. All the time is keeping injury free. But yeah, obviously, obviously Boston coming up in in seven weeks time. Seven weeks, six, seven weeks time. Yeah. What's it? This is where I would now. Okay. This yeah, is the sixth of six. March. I'm on yeah, six weeks time. Six weeks. Five, six seven weeks time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Boston. That's amazing. Yeah. No, that'll be that'll be an experience. Aye. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... You do know you can't break the world record at Boston. <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> Even a V50 record wouldn't count at Boston. Um, so, are you just going to try and get a PB at Boston? Have you got anything else? I'll be, I, I, no, I think 252 is, is not really... Not not pb wearable for me. Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy with, with doing that. I'm going to go there and enjoy it. Aye, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, like... Like I said, it is another marathon in quick succession, so to, to PB two months later would be no, impressive it's... and maybe a bit foolhardy. Everything went so, well at Sevilla. It's, I, uh, I, I'm, so I'm this is your free race, it. basically. Yeah. And, and good yeah. to do that in Boston, actually, because yeah. it is yeah. the iconic marathon. That's and, right. Uh, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm happy you're doing that. That's, that's going to be good fun. Um, and do you know anyone else going out there? I'm getting, yeah, there's a... There's a Few medals going out. Uh, I think uh, oh, that is, that's right. Yeah. Team captain has gone out with his wife, and um, yeah, George McPherson. I've mentioned him a couple ah, of times. He's gone out as well. Cool. My my my, my running buddy. You might get around with Tom because he's been injured. He's uh, taking he? it easy. Yeah, he's he's not racing it as far as I know. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Nah, he's he's. I think he's still intending to run it, but um, yeah, he's um, he's been injured for a good number of weeks now so he's just oh, hoping okay. to get back to be able to run it so he might right. maybe run about running the same sort of pace because he's a 230 guy of course yeah. um, from last year uh, okay cool and then beyond beyond Boston beyond that um, Loch Ness again do Loch Ness, do Loch Ness. Yeah. but there'll be the, the, all the, the 10k's in between yeah unfortunately I'm missing out on the Fraserburgh 10 this year um, I'm in the I think it's St. Silas is on the same day. Okay, right. I signed up for that. Obviously, West Hill, my hometown, 10K, will be coming up so in June. Week after Fraser Russian, I think, isn't it? 
Uh, um, I think it's 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 later this year. It's the end of June this year. Okay. Still. Okay. Um, and I think Newbury. I've got Newbury coming up in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. 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 But just the ten k's. Yeah. Ten season is coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest. I see what you do at Loch Ness. I don't know what the. Um, what about you? Are you doing any marathons? No, marathons are not happening. We haven't announced this formally, but um, I suppose this might be it. But we're going to be <laughs> me and a couple other guys. We'll, we'll, I'll go into a bit more detail on a, on a later podcast. But uh, we're going to be doing a twelve-hour uh, challenge at Mormon Hill at Stricken. Ah, be, okay. There's an eight up and out and back, basically eight miler from Ritchie Hall and Stricken up to the two peaks on Mormon Hill, so up to the second peak and back again is about eight miles and we're just going to run that as many times as we can in 12 hours um, for a couple of local charities. So that's going to be September. So I'm going to have to prepare for that. Yeah. And yeah. I was thinking about doing a, maybe doing a marathon sort of in December or something. I was like, okay. is it Valencia or something? I was just in about to say Valencia in December. Um, but the sense has prevailed a little bit. I'll need a lot of recovery probably after that 12-hour yeah, After 12-hour, I mean, yeah. I think, I think if it goes well, I could be pitting 60 miles perhaps. Um, That's brutal. Um, maybe a bit more, I don't know. So, um, yeah, that'll be tough on the legs, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, coming up, I've got um, Geary Half Marathon oh, at the yeah. end of this month and then a couple of 10Ks I've signed up for locally. And that's it as far as sign-ups are. I mean, there'll be a few others, I think. But uh, a few short things through the summer, probably, and then focus on getting that distance up. So you have to do some back-to-back days and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Probably get some bigger mileage, some more hills. Yeah. So, um, I so I, I was going to say, um, I don't know what the standard is like at Loch Ness for who sort of wins the V50 category but you, you can't be far off of those kind of ah, guys there's, there's a couple oh, there's yeah. two for you oh, yeah. Yeah. still ahead of me oh yeah, yeah it's okay. amazing how, many, how, how fast some of the old boys are Aye, out there yeah no absolutely I, mean, I know that um, when our club mate she was the chairperson for a few years uh, Carol, Carol was, yeah. she um, started in Burness the last time I did it in 2016 she got tripped at the start Ooh. fell broke her wrist didn't realise she broke her wrist got up Dusted herself down, ran the race, won her age category. <laughs> and then went to the hospital oh, afterwards wow. and found out she'd broke her arm. Oh, geez. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, made of tough stuff. Like uh, oh, I, I yeah. think I'd have been crying off to the side if I'd fell and broke my arm. Like uh, yeah, so that was her. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So there's one one thing uh, I was going to speak to you about as well. We have this uh, running theme on the pod podcast of um how running saved yeah. your life and so i want to touch on this with most of the guests okay. so we've got um try to get some get as many listeners as we can to, yeah. to send us an audio clip telling us how running saved their life it's just like a short clip we've had things from people overcoming drug addictions mm-hmm. um well, uh, obesity uh dealing with the loss of a loved one you yeah. know just running away from st- a stressful life or um violent homes all that sort of thing and I'm not sure how applicable it is I mean it sounds to me a little bit like perhaps not saved your life but you know running has been a massive it's a, yeah, positive portion of your life the last few years yeah the the, the last three years when like I said my lifestyle before it wasn't wasn't good wasn't healthy drinking way too much I was, I was going out probably or drinking like four nights a week and it wasn't just the odd, the odd pint mm. these nights it was 
I hope it too much. Anybody who knows me from back then will know what it's like. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it did completely change my lifestyle for the better by far. Yeah. There's no doubt about uh, it at all. And I remember speaking to you fairly recently after you left <clears throat> your career in the oil industry. And, and I do remember you saying something along the lines of, kind of paraphrasing, that, yeah, that, that uh, job broke me. Yeah, saying that, and uh, <laughs> I mean, was that just in a sort of stress factor? That or? was a, that particular particular job, not the the industry in general uh-huh. by any means. It was just that particular uh-huh. certain things about that. Was just, yeah, and it was. Yeah. Um, so that's what, I mean, a big thing is um, running. There's a massive stress reliever. It is indeed. Uh, it is. It's addictive. It's there is a huge stress relief. And, yeah, and the endorphin release, obviously, as well, mm-hmm. is. Tremendous. Yeah, so I mean, that's, uh, yeah, really positive. I think that's probably why I struggle with my rest days, because of the addiction. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. yeah. You think you've got an addictive personality? I think I do, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I do, definitely. Yeah, so replacing things like drinking four times a week. That's right. uh, If you you don't, you leave a huge void in your life. You need to fill that void with something. Mm -hmm. I I, I was speaking recently to a guy uh, who I didn't, had no idea but he, he had a drug problem which I didn't know about previously we just started running the last year or so and you can see it in him he is so addicted to running yeah. you know, he's, he's really is obviously replacing something yeah. um, with running and um, you know I think it's, it's it's a much healthier thing to be addicted yeah. to I mean, when it gets to serious can't stop running when you've got injuries and all that sort of thing you need to take <laughs> a step back but um, yeah and, and the mental health things is massive I mean there's a lot of um, people who use running to keep themselves balanced. Yeah. Um, actually, just at the weekend there, I um, heard the guy, the singer from the Prodigy, Keith Flint, mm-hmm. took his life. Yeah. He's obviously mental health issues, but the story going around Facebook is that he ran a park run PB on Saturday morning, and then two days later, I think it was, um, he'd uh, committed suicide, so obviously got on top of him, but Jeez. I think... I think, and I, I don't know because I don't have any sources for this, but I think he would have been using running to, to help him oh, yeah. a lot. You know, it's really sad, obviously, but, um, you know, there are, I hear of loads of people who, without running, would be struggling. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fantastic that you're, you've, you found a much healthier lifestyle and, and that's, uh, reaping its benefits in many ways and, uh, not just by being healthier, but I mean, it must, be really satisfying with the the level of competitiveness you've got as well. Because I mean, speaking about the age categories, I've got Loch Ness, but I mean, yeah. these local races, you must be you must be right up there, especially now that you've turned into a new. No, <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, at forty nine, getting a third place at a ten k is you know, uh, yeah, was, and amongst the guys that are nine years younger than you, yeah, so good, you know? yeah, the, the veteran category is tough. Yeah, to to, to be in. You're still a few years away from that, yeah. Well, just just a few. I'm 37 next week, so <laughs> aye, it's uh, it's it's. I can't catch up on you, but I'll. Uh, I'll be enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I'm putting my in super vet category now. I've got to enjoy it while I can because some of these vets will be sneaking into yeah. super vet category. And then it's that. super vet, and it's and called then vintage. Then it's isn't vintage, the next yeah. One. That's brilliant. Oh, I love that's that name. Yeah. Vintage, yeah. <laughs> An antique. Uh, antique, that's it. So you reckon you'll still be running marathons when you're a vintage runner? Well, the um, the long-term goal is to do the same again in 20 years' time, so I get Ed Whitlock's record. 
Head about luck. That's a boy I was thinking about. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's got the, the sub three world record marathon for about 256. Nice. So do that in 20 years' time. I'll be 70. And I'll yeah, because he, he went on. I think he went on it well into his 80s. He did. He was, and, uh, he was well into his 80s. He was still he was breaking like three and, a, three and a half hours. Bashing like out. Really Let's look it up whilst we're here. I've got a computer here. Yeah. Just so I'm not... Uh, stuff Canadian slash English runner. Oh, it doesn't sound Canadian. I've heard him in an interview. He definitely sounds... Does he not sound... Yeah, uh, sounds English. Um, English-born Canadian long-distance runner. So let's have a wee... A wee look at this to wrap up the, the interview. So... That's what the target is, 20 years time. So where's his... Oh, here's his best times by age group. So, marathon, men age 78 to 74. Yeah. 254, there 48. There we go, that's what we've got. So you need to maintain your pace for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, 75 to 79 year old, 304, 54. Oh, he's much faster than I was remembering. Uh, 80 to 84 age category, 315 to 54, and then men's 85 to 89, still sub 4, 356.30. I don't know how old he was when he did that, but that's impressive. So I've got to go back to Seville in 2039. 2039. And break 254. Unless somebody else has done it before. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there can't be many 78-year-olds that are, are going to do that, but I... That's impressive, really impressive. So, well, I look forward to seeing. <laughs> it probably won't be Facebook or Strava by then. It'll be someone else. Oh, but, yeah, um, but you'll be an old guy, and you'll have to wear a Casio. Uh, oh yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. You you might be in the vintage category by then. I'll oh no, be you'll just be super vet. Twenty years time, I will be. You'll just be fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. You'll just be super vet. Super vet. You'll just have got into my category now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right that's no, but you'll probably still be faster than this so. <laughs> right okay well thanks a lot Richard for coming on the podcast that's been a really no, you're welcome a really interesting insight into your training and uh, yeah keep it up basically thank you very much right. Colin and thank best of luck at Geary and good luck at Inverness of thank course you. and at Boston thank you Okay, thanks for that, Richard. That was a really interesting insight into your training there. So, what do you think about that then, Jenny? Oh, you know, this is going to sound really sad, but I've listened to him twice now. I could listen to his voice all day. (laughs) He's got such a lovely accent. Yeah, I never actually realised that he's from Elgin until we had that chat. So that must be where his accent comes from. Yeah, he was so, oh, what, such a cool guy, it was so nice, and I had total, um, I saw him at Newborough as well, he was running there, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, so, he, and I was starstruck. Well, <laughs> he was, you were starstruck, but he was first in his category, third yeah. overall, you were first Amazing. in your category. And second overall, so he should have been starstruck, I, I think, know. as well. Oh, it was so funny, though, because I saw him and I was going to go up to him and I was like, you don't know me, really, but I was listening to your interview and you're amazing, yeah. but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have the courage. So, yeah, <laughs> so I saw you Ah, yeah, before we go on to his uh, marathon performance, 
I spoke to I actually I was listening back to the interview today actually and I I think I meant to ask him about his possibilities of winning his category at Inverness Half Marathon. I actually asked him about Loch Ness Marathon, which he's going to do later uh, in the year, yeah. because he actually won Inverness Half Marathon four days uh, after. Yeah, he, he won the V50 category, and uh, yeah. I, I, I just I'd seen his um, Strava, which just said Inverness Half on it, pretty unassuming. So funny. And I think he. I think he'd run a PB 121 or so, and I was like, oh, ace time. But then I noticed in the Metro Aberdeen Facebook page update that he'd won the V50 category, so I messaged him and said, oh, I never realised you won. He's like, I nor did I until I was halfway home. <laughs> so he'd driven, he'd jumped in his car and driven home and hadn't realised he'd, he'd won his category, so I didn't know. One of his mate, clubmates must have picked up his prize, I imagine, but um, so... Uh, yeah, so he won it. Unreal. Ah, and, uh, so cool. Poor guy. Actually, I actually went and had a look at it last year's Loch Ness uh, marathon results because when I, he was like, oh, there's a lot of fast guys. And there was only one quicker than his PB, V50 at Loch Ness <laughs> last year, a 245. <laughs> it was a 245, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a steward's inquiry because uh, the guy's halfway... Um, checkpoint time said NA. So I don't know what happened there. He hasn't uh-huh. run through the map or something. He's got a 245. Okay. I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's legit. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but Mental. he ran a 245 V50. And the <laughs> others were like, there was a, there were a few, quite a few sub threes, but I don't think they were any as quick as Richard's PV. And yeah. he's going to be, he is. He'll probably be quicker come, come the end of the year. So he'll have a shot at that, I think. A genuine shot. Yeah, I just genuinely really enjoyed listening to him and it was nice hearing he's got such a positive outlook on running in groups and yeah. just really inspirational actually. Yeah. I that, properly enjoyed listening yeah, to him. The, the thing that struck me most was like how little an inverted commas marathon training he does. I, and I, and I, I was I listening to him going, oh, he's probably underplaying this a bit. And I went back and had a, I had a look at his Strava, and I think on his Strava there was one 20-mile run between uh, Loch Ness Marathon and Seville. There was another 18-miler, yeah. which had some sort of GPS issue, so that might have been a 20, but it's, at the most he'd done two 20-milers between the end of September and into February when he did his marathon. Yeah. And I mean, not, no crazy mileage in there at all, and I'm like, cheapers. He's, he's obviously... Talented. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Talented. If you do what he's doing off of off of the mileage and, and the short time he's been running and everything, but yeah, I mean, it always it always makes me wonder how fast could he have been had he been running? Yeah, in his twenties and thirties, you know. Uh, and, uh, just watch him. Yeah, and it doesn't matter because he's doing what he's doing now, and he's he's what he's done has been absolutely fantastic. So I mean, this year, just picking. A few things. He's run a 2:52 marathon, aged 50. He's um, he's run a 1:21 half marathon at Inverness and won his age category. And he ran that Newbera 10k at the weekend, which yeah. is a hilly, brute of a course. The conditions were horrible. Oh, was, and yeah, it was a tough day. I think I can't remember his time was. It was, I think it was sub 40 anyway. It was 39, I think. Uh, in those conditions and then that, that course and he won his age category and was third overall so 
Yeah, and uh, and he's got to do Boston, which is cool. Yeah, and he's excited. Yeah, yeah, he's so excited about it. Thought it was really sweet. Yeah, he just loves running, mm. and it's brilliant. And and like I said in the interview, I knew him before, and you know, you'd never guess that guy could be a runner. He just just was a drinker, and you know, a bit of a party guy, and and that sort of thing, and. Oh, was a good lad, but, you know, never a, a hint that he would be in the running. Mm-hmm. And he was taken off and just loved it and been really good at it. So, yeah, fantastic. So pleased. Yeah. For him, yeah. So, Fox, um, yeah. It's yeah. just good, good stuff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, next, next up on the podcast, I've already spoken to her, but she'll, her interview will feature uh, on the next episode, and that's Zoe Clark, who's the uh, British right. indoor 400 meter champion, and she got the silver medal at the 400 meter relays at the the Euro indoors uh, in Glasgow earlier on. A bit of a disappointing mm. individual performance for her, but she made up for it in the in the relays. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was really cool chatting to her actually about how different. 400 meter training is compared to what we do and just sounds I know it insane doesn't, doesn't sound like a lot of fun <laughs> but uh, she probably would think I mean I, I mentioned in that interview just as a, a little precursor I said oh I've been for a 14 mile run today and she just I was had her on the video chat and she was just like oh man you can just see her face like <laughs> she was like 14 miles what yeah so, so, uh, so yeah so different um, yeah but she's I've watched her rise to where she's got to in the last couple of years, and it's been incredible. You know, I just heard about this mm-hmm. runner who was from Aberdeen, and started kind of watching her performances and that sort of thing. And and all of a sudden, she's been hitting podiums and uh, championships and stuff. So it's really cool. And she's still young, so she's still got a good few yeah. years yet. So excited to see what she does. But yeah, that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. You'll get to hear what she's got to say about stuff. Um, so I think we've kind of already spoken about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. You've got your your twenty four hour yeah extravaganza. See how that goes. Uh, Might be that, just twenty four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, one mile out or one mile back or something. Um, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, and I've got my half marathon race on Sunday. Fingers crossed to get that one right. Um, I was looking at sort of recent results. I always do this. I'm, I'm a bit sad like this, but some years I'd be in with a shot at getting on the podium in the Geary Half Marathon. Then other years, no chance. <laughs> Kyle really? Gregg won it last year in about one twelve or something. So well, he'll be busy uh, running laps at the Anglo Celtic yeah, Plate this weekend. So you're all right. <laughs> I've not I've not looked at the start list, but I've got a feeling Tom Roach will turn up. He's racing every half marathon under the sun at the moment yeah I think uh, he is doing it because he's he, he, getting PB's ready every, for London PB's every race yeah. so I don't yeah. PB in every race you'll be doing like you need to interview uh, Tom he's because he's a musician yeah. a beer drinking musician turned <laughs> crazy yeah. mad runner but he's very good friends with Sharon um, both him and his wife are really good friends with Sharon yeah. so but his running career has just come out of nowhere like he just Aye. thought it would be a good thing to do and then you know yeah. a year later he's shutting it down he's awesome Speak yeah he's, I, I, yeah I'll, I'll try and catch him next time I see him I had a wee chat yeah. after the Inverness uh, not Inverness uh, Kinloss because uh, he, he won that then 
Actually, um, he's a pretty such a nice guy. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah he's really Speaking lovely. Tom Roach, the first time I so I was aware of him because seen his his name on results and stuff. And um, the first time I was aware of him was at the Kayleys We Stars Barra 10K two years ago. Yeah, and Tom's got this crazy running style. Um, oh, he does. It's brilliant. He shuffles everywhere. But I've never, I've never fast. seen him shuffle so fast. And I, and like, I kid you not, I was warming up for this bar of 10k, and I was, I, I, I was, I was actually going there trying to win it. I came 11th, so it's a bit of a poor shoot trying to win it. It didn't go very well, but in the lead up, I was feeling really good, and and I thought the two competitors were going to be Mark McCluskey and um, Dave Dave Langan, and, and I thought I was going to have a shot racing those two guys. I didn't really know Tom Roach, but I saw, and I was warming up, and I saw this guy warming up, and I was like, cheapers, check that guy's running style, that's crazy, and I thought, oh, that guy's, uh, that guy can't yeah, see him at the end. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Mark and Tom, and I think maybe just Mark and Tom, absolutely shooting off at the start, and I try to keep up for about 200 metres, I thought, nah, I'm, there's no way I can keep that going, so I just let him go. Uh, and, uh, and then I struggled a lot up that hill. It was really hot. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I had a bit of a rough race, actually. I didn't really enjoy it. But, um, it's a tough start. It's a tough It's a tough course. But it's a, I mean, I think yeah. if I'd realised how tough it was going to be, I'd have enjoyed it more. But I, I was going there trying to race it. And, yeah, didn't have a good time. But, yeah, I think I think Mark... I can't remember if he won out of the two of them that time. I feel like Tom maybe won it. I can't remember. But they've taken the record off each other a couple of times, I think. Uh, yeah. But, but, uh, Tom's been phenomenal ever since. But I did once beat Tom in a race, which I'm going to cling on to. Um, I was just, I can't remember how I came across this, but in Power of Ten or something, I saw the Hado cross country from the same year, no, the year before, actually, 2016. Um, okay. I finished a couple of places ahead of Tom. And <laughs> I'm going to cling on to that for the rest of my life, I think, because I'm going to beat him again, so, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll him up. I was thinking about speaking to him, actually, because his, I mean, he's... I keep trying to get him to run the hills, but he's not keen yet. <laughs> I'm yeah, working on it. <laughs> he he um, is the reigning veteran Scottish marathon champion, isn't he? So that's yeah, current, from, yeah, something like that. Erling last year. Yeah, that's right. Third, third overall in first 340, and it was the Scottish champs, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And I can't mm-hmm. see anyone beating him this year if he enters, because he's... Uh, oh, he's just so dedicated. Oh, he's doing London this yeah. year, isn't he? So. He's doing London, yeah. So yeah. He's, it's all about London for him, and all these races are... You yeah, know, he, and I think he's yeah. raising money for Kayleigh's Restars as well. Yeah. And another charity, an Irish so charity. Yeah. Because yeah. ah, he's from yeah. Ireland. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, that's what's coming up, and a bit of a digression into Tom Roach as well. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no. So we'll do the usual, uh, the usual plug for Explore Running, so uh, check out the Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash Explore Running. Instagram feed is Explore Running Everywhere, and we've got a website, explorerunning.co.uk, where you'll be able to listen to podcast, but you're already listening to the podcast, I don't need to tell you that. Um, we do, I do some coaching, including coaching Jenny, and she's been winning races all over the place, so it must be working, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and others, um, take folk out on trail runs about once a month, 
keep an eye on Facebook for, for details of upcoming runs and I've now got a few groups going as well with you if you're local to the area it's not much use if you're not but we've got um, the speed reps group in Stricken every Tuesday at 6pm and I've got a few beginners groups to pass on to anyone who wants to take up running we meet uh, three times a week in the local area you'll see the details on Facebook but yeah anyone who wants to come along to that gives a shout and of course if you could give us a rating uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, that'd be cool. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you get future episodes downloaded straight to your listening thing, whatever it is, your phone or online. And I think that's about it. Anything else to add, Jenny? No, sounds good to me. Cool. So, good luck on Saturday. And Sunday to you. Yeah, yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. Hopefully nobody fast goes and I might get in the podium. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be good. Gunning for you. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I just want to have a good run. That's all I'm interested in. So. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, thanks again. All right. Good luck. Have thanks, a good run, everybody. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.